Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to SwiftCast. If you're a fan of Taylor, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on iTunes or your podcast app, and it will automatically download our episodes for you each week. We have a lot of exciting episodes and guests as reputation rolls out, so you'll only be doing yourself a favor by subscribing. Also, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at SwiftCast13, or you can find all of our episodes and social media at our website, SwiftCast13.com. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to episode 229 of SwiftCast. This is Adam, Ashley, Nate, and Steph. And we have an amazing episode coming up for you guys. There has been so much going on lately. Our main discussion, stay tuned, is going to be about the new song that Taylor released on Thursday, October 19th, which is called Gorgeous. And then, of course, there have been secret sessions happening in Europe and in the United States. And there's even announced, as we're recording today, a new music video for Ready For It. So what do you guys think of all this stuff that's going on lately? Well, it's definitely really exciting. And speaking of the secret sessions, we were fortunate to have Juliet from the London secret session, who was kind enough to interview with Nate. So you should check out episode 228 to hear that. I'm in the same boat. I can't believe that literally all of this is happening. I don't think anyone saw the Secret Sessions coming. I'm so glad that we have more music before the actual album launch. Not to mention another single and music video. I mean, it's kind of insane right now. So stay tuned. We will get to all of that in our news and then, of course, our main discussion. I feel like we almost just kind of have to dive right in because we haven't had a regular episode in so long to like cover all of this stuff. Yeah, and the first news item, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but it's an update on the long-awaited app for your phone that might be finally around the corner. So the Swift Life app, which is the new app from Taylor, is now available in a couple of countries, not in the U.S. yet. They're just starting to roll out a test version. But if you're in New Zealand or Singapore, you can try it out now. And if you're not, just keep checking back in the App Store because it should be there soon. And the company described it as a deeply social environment where Taylor and her fans are able to better connect with one another while expressing themselves in an interactive community. And they have an official Twitter, which is the Swift Life app, where they are helping people out and giving information. So definitely a good place to follow. It looks interesting. From what I've seen of the app so far, uh, it's it's like its own like Taylor Swift social media app, basically. I don't know. Everyone, like, users can create their own accounts. Uh, I guess Taylor has already posted a few videos and updates uh, of her own uh, through this, this beta 
uh, of the app. But uh, anyway, it looks interesting. I'm really interested to see what it actually is and, and what ends up coming out. Basically, all the other social networks were just tired of her crashing the internet all the time every time she does anything. <laughs> so they just need to filter it all over into one place. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. I remember an announcement about this app way back in January of 2016. So we've been waiting for a really long time. Right. It has been so long. I kind of thought that they gave up on that app. So did I. I actually kind of forgot about it. But earlier today, I saw Taylor posted this really cute video of Meredith and Olivia. And interestingly, Olivia is the one who looks kind of mad in the video. So it's a little role reversal there. You should try to find it on Twitter or Tumblr if you don't have the app yet. So our next bit of news for you guys is pretty exciting. I'm sure a lot of you have already heard this story as well. Uh, back on October 11th, uh, Taylor ended up visiting a fan in her home in London. Uh, this lucky fan, her name is Laura. Uh, not sure where exactly in London she lives, but hey, you know, uh, Taylor ended up coming to her house. She ended up showing up at Laura's place, brought her some merch, showed up with Patrick Alwyn, uh, and anyway, they had like a good old time, a meet and greet in Lara's bedroom. Apparently Taylor played her a song as well, which is really cool. Not sure what song that was. I don't think she said yet, but uh, anyway, it received a humongous amount of media attention. So anyway, very, very cool that Taylor was able to do this. And it's just cool because this is something Taylor has done throughout the years. Even just when she was on an off cycle, she went to visit the veteran at the end of 2016. And imagine just Taylor Swift showing up at your door. It's crazy. No other celebrity would do something like that. But like we mentioned earlier, along with showing up at people's doors, Taylor's also known for having secret sessions in her own house. So that was a huge part of the 1989 era. And I think Taylor liked it so much that she wanted to continue it for the Reputation era. As we're recording, she has held four sessions so far. On October 13th, she held one in the United Kingdom, which, as we mentioned earlier, you can listen to episode 228 to hear all about what Juliet was able to tell us about her secret session. On October 18th and 19th, Taylor held secret sessions in Rhode Island. And on October 22nd, Taylor held a session in Los Angeles, which I thought was pretty neat because that was the anniversary of Red being released five years ago. And who knows what she's doing as we're recording. It's quite possible there could be a session going on. And by the time you hear this episode, there may have been more. But we will keep you up to date with every episode we have. Taylor's doing similar things that she did with other secret sessions. She's giving fans merchandise, such as reputation bags, reputation t-shirts and hats, and of course, a keychain that includes the city of each secret session. She's giving food to fans. I've heard that she had M&Ms that said rep on them. Her famous chicken tenders seem to be reappearing and also cookies. So something that was really interesting to me um, that you just said, Steph, I'm sure a lot of you guys know, but that uh, there were two sessions in Rhode Island. 
There is, I mean, and literally on the wristbands, it was numbered Rhode Island 1 and Rhode Island 2, uh, which to me is really interesting because I kind of heard like this thing, this rumor, like who knows if it's true, but like like whether or not there might not even be uh, a New York session because they're so close, obviously, Rhode Island and New York City. But um, I heard maybe that some neighbors of Taylor's in New York like complained or something last time, but uh, but it would be interesting to me if she doesn't actually have a session in New York City this time, especially with how big of an influence New York City was for 1989. So, Yeah, I heard the same rumors. So I guess we were getting our sources from the same place. <laughs> but you're right. New York was a central theme to 1989. So it would be interesting if it was excluded this time. Although I'm guessing it's just Taylor trying to be courteous to her neighbors. Yeah, most likely. Which, hey, got to give her props for that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there won't be a New York one because I noticed a lot of fans from the New York area were attending Rhode Island. Mm, That's another good point, too. And I just love that Taylor is doing this again because, as we know, the old Taylor is dead. This era is not going to be anything like 1989. But regardless of that... She's doing secret sessions just like she did for 1989. So that is awesome because it just shows that she really does keep the fans first. Absolutely. Taylor always keeps the fans first. And one story that emerged today about a secret session for me just reaffirmed how much I love Taylor and how genuine she is and fantastic she is to the fans. A fan wrote anonymously on Tumblr about how Taylor knew that she was pregnant. And so when she met Taylor at the secret session, Taylor was so excited for her and just asking her questions about the pregnancy. But unfortunately, the fan has a very high chance of a miscarriage. And so the fan confided in Taylor and Taylor, of course, immediately wanted to help the fan She told the fan that she would find her a doctor who could help her in the best way possible and just was really supportive to the fan. The fan said that she felt so much better and more positive after the interaction with Taylor. And after the secret session, the fan was immediately contacted by a doctor who is working to set up an appointment for her and the fan tried to ask about financials and how she can pay. And she was told, everything is completely taken care of. You have no worries. We just want to help you. So these are the kind of stories that I just love hearing about Taylor. And it's consistent throughout her whole career. She just wants to help people in any way she can. Yeah, you just keep hearing more and more stories about this and more might come out from the secret sessions. Just like during the 1989 era, she gave a fan $1,989 towards her college expenses. And even the simple thing like seeing a fan whose birthday it was and giving her money to go out for a birthday dinner. It's just the type of thing that she continues to do. Yeah, I think we'll hear a lot more stories that are similar to this and... Hopefully, the media will pay attention to these kinds of things. Well, Look What You Made Me Do continues to have lots of success. It recently hit number one on Billboard's Pop Songs chart. I'm both amazed and not amazed at how well this song is doing. 
I'm glad people have taken an interest in Look What You Made Me Do for so long, especially after Taylor's released both of these other songs now. Yeah, it hasn't been out for just about two months now. A long time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's great that it's number one because on my radio station, I've been hearing Ready For It more and more. Oh, really? Is that right? I feel like I hear Look What You Made Me Do more. I hear them both quite a bit, but in the past, I would say four days, I've been hearing Ready For It way more, which made me think maybe it was going to be a single, which today we learned it definitely is the second single. Well, Taylor has definitely been getting people very hyped up for the album with some of her comments on Instagram and Tumblr since the Secret session started. She has said that she can't pick her favorite song on this album, and she reblogged a post which described the album from a fan who had heard it as more emotional than Red, as lyrically incredible as Speak Now, and a better pop album than 1989, which is a very high bar, so... Right, I was surprised by that. Just because, like you said, it's such a high bar. I think a lot of people are actually upset at that because if these people are describing it as that and hyping them up so much and yeah, it's still incredible, but like maybe not all of these things, <laughs> like, like I think some people are, are really going to take that to heart. Right. That took like all the best parts of those albums and is saying it's all of them combined, which would be incredible, but we'll see. I think that in the nicest possible way, Fans who attended the session might have their judgment a little bit clouded by the fact that they heard the album in Taylor's house. True. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, after the 1989 sessions, I was on cloud nine. So it's I think it's very easy to get wrapped up into the emotions of the night, especially when you only hear the album once, which is fine. I mean, totally. And a lot of them, I'm sure, are have very accurate opinions of it. But yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of waiting to see what the album is. I'm trying not to get too hyped up. I'd rather be really excited about the album instead of be like too hyped up and then like let down, if that makes sense. I don't want to say let down because that doesn't sound good, but... Right. Taylor never lets us down. Right. Exactly. But I know what you mean because some of these comments just really... <laughs> like very over the top, I think. <laughs> right. They're over the top and... I do hope the fans are, are right, though. I really mm -hmm. hope to agree with them. Oh, absolutely. But each album, to me, is just so separate and unique. Exactly. I was going to say that. You know, you look at Speak Now and you look at 1989, and there are awesome qualities about both of them, which I really love. I mean, there's like, I mean, I love the fact that Taylor wrote Speak Now all by herself. She really has some awesome powerhouse songs, and especially songs on there that don't get much airplay anymore. 1989 uh, was her first pop album. She has some really amazing, incredible pop songs on that album. I, I judge them each so differently and just put them in their own category, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And don't get me started on Red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when people ask me what my favorite album is, it's like, I think asking a parent, which child is your favorite? Right. <laughs> you can't pick because each one is special in its own way. So if Reputation really combines all of these, then that will be thrilling, and I look forward to it. Absolutely. In our next bit of news, uh, as we've already mentioned, the Ready For It music video is going to be out this Thursday. That's October 26th. Uh, a couple things about the video. Uh, we know that Joseph Kahn is directing. 
we had a teaser trailer for it today, which looks insane, as all of Joseph Kahn's videos do. Uh, and we were talking amongst ourselves about the timeline itself, because uh, in London last week, October 13th, 14th, we know that Taylor was filming something. Uh, and Kiki, who's a dancer, uh, she actually was blocking the paps from taking too many photos, basically. So we have a couple pictures from it. We're not sure if they're in this video. It's going to be really interesting to see if whatever they were filming last week was this Ready For It music video, because that would be so amazing. That would be such a quick turnaround uh, for production, basically. Or if what we saw last week is actually for some future music video that we don't know about yet. And I don't know, maybe some things are going to surface again with... Uh, how there were rumors of Taylor filming during the solar eclipse this year. So, I mean, who knows if that's going to be in this video or not? I mean, I think it's all going to be really interesting. Yeah, I noticed some tweets of people going back to the day of the solar eclipse when Joseph Kahn was filming something. And at the time, I'm sure I said on an episode that I thought it was for the first single, which I probably didn't even know the name yet. But now I'm wondering, maybe... It's for ready for it because some of the scenes look like they could have been what he was filming. You can just see him in this area with green walls all around the set. So I don't know. But when she was in London last week, it was a long shoot. And I don't know that that would be able to be turned around within such a short time frame to incorporate into ready for it. So I'm excited to see. With 1989, Taylor filmed music videos so far in advance. Hmm. I remember she filmed Blank Space in September, and it wasn't released until November. So it very well could have been that last week she was filming for a third single, which is pretty exciting. I remember just like through the eras, whenever, for the most part, whenever we would get a new music video from Taylor, it would take roughly a month from when we would see things surface about filming or, or whatever until the actual release. So so I've always just kind of benchmarked that as as roughly the production time needed for one of these videos to come out. So I don't know, who knows? Maybe, you know, they were just filming some final scenes or or whatever last week, but it'll, like you said, it'll be really interesting just to see what exactly that was last week. Well, especially because last week was in London. Right. And Ready For It doesn't really have any city themes. So I don't know. I feel like whatever they were doing in London probably could be a theme of a song. Maybe some sessioners already know what that song might be. That's true. Yeah. And as for the teaser trailer for the Ready For It music video, wow, was my initial reaction. It just looks like futuristic and a lot going on. And my initial thought was that it looked kind of like Bad Blood, but Bad Blood times 100. <laughs> and some people also pointed out parallels between the trailer and Out of the Woods, which was interesting. Either way, I'm just really excited to see whatever this video brings us. Hold on to your wigs. Agreed. Well, our next piece of news is a short clip that we wanted to share with you. This is Jack Antonoff when he was being interviewed on the radio station Power 96.1 with PK in the morning. And 
I just really like this video because it is his reaction to hearing look what you made me do for the first time on the radio. Oh, you want to hear? hear it? Yeah, what is it? Like I haven't heard on the radio. <laughs> cool. You've never heard this on the radio? No. What? I live on a bus. <laughs> this is your song. <laughs> it just came out though. These backups are cool. Bum, bum. Describe to us what you hear, like through your ears. Oh, I hear like the recording of it. Okay. Yeah, like that's a Korg. And this is cool. This hi hat. Like I love that was one of the last things I added. And that ding 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 is like a modular synth. And this is cool because in this part, all these guitars come in. I was thinking about the Michael Jackson scream guitar tone. Yeah, so I'm thinking about that now. See, it always blows my mind because I feel like as a artist, when you hear it, like people oh, in I the hear club, pieces. yeah, people in the club are like, "Oh my god, it's my favorite song ever!" <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "Hmm." And now then this part gets like real, like German sounding to me. Did you know where you were going with a song in the beginning, or was it just like experimenting with a different? Uh, they're all different. This one we kind of just had no idea got in the room and it just happened. That's insanity. Do you this listen to the vocals like, at all? The, the, uh, I remember when we were doing this part where we, the, the theory was evil Disney. <laughs> nice. It sounds like that, right? Yeah, it does, though. It sounds like Maleficent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I oh my God. just like a spinning, like... Like yeah. she's coming out and she's just bringing the darkness with her and releasing all of her little totally. minions. That was, that was the idea. So this is on the radio right now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is on Far the radio. out. I want to know more inside about like how. Keep going. Ah, I mean, yeah, that's what is that, that going that, on? Right that's there? actually a guitar that I put a tremolator on. I feel like it's and musical it's, epilepsy. Da, 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 da. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to feel like something was about to happen. Oh, and then I remember on this part we screamed, and that's in the background. She's dead. Ah! <laughs> really back in the deep in the background, there's this big scream. Is that your screen? Probably. And it's kind of accidental in there. Yeah, that, tons of accidental stuff. Yeah. This sound right here, it, as you hear it, this crazy distortion. <laughs> that was just this, like, um, I had all this distortion on a mini Moog, and I was just, like, hitting it at all these different points, and I just hit it right there. Because yeah, we had the song, we had, like, the 808s and the bass and the drum beat and the vocal, and then I just started, like, kind of just, like, hitting random things just to find, like, weird, like, pops or sounds or weird moments. Because I looked at that song, I was like, it's real linear, and it's real, like, sparse, so there could be just, like, random sounds that pop in and out. Yeah. So if you listen on headphones, you can hear right here, it's just, like, these, like, sounds, just, like, noises and blips and blops and stuff. Now, I watched this video, and, of course, as our listeners probably know, we love Jack Antonoff. He is immensely talented and intelligent and very well-spoken and just just fascinating to listen to. Uh, to actually, like, see him in this environment, listening to the song for the first time on the radio... What was really interesting to me was as Jack was listening to Look What You Made Me Do, he wasn't so much focusing on the song itself, but like but like the production of the song. Like he'd be like, Oh, like wait for this coming up and then he'd be like, Oh, here it is. Bing. Like this sound over here, like that that was a whatever. Uh, anyway, it was just so interesting to me to see it from that songwriter's perspective. So if you guys have not seen this video, truly, if you want like whatever it is, fifteen minutes well spent, go look it up. Power 96.1, PK in the morning, Jack Ansonoff. Very cool video. And I definitely agree with you, Nate. It was so exciting to see his reaction to the musical elements of the song. And after watching that video, now every time I hear the song, 
I think about all the different sounds that are going on, especially when you listen to the song through headphones, you can really hear how in-depth the just musical elements of the song go. Oh, and I have to say this other thing about the video, too. It was really cool to me because the hosts ended up asking Jack, they said, when do you know a song is finished? And he says, you just kind of know. He says, you could be working on a song for six weeks or six months, but but once you know that it's done, you're like, oh my God, I need to go back this up immediately. <laughs> like, <laughs> so anyway, I just thought that was really cool. To our listeners, definitely, definitely go check out the video if you have not seen it. Back in the 1989 era, we always used to feature a calendar of all of Taylor's upcoming events, and I'm happy to say that that is finally returning because there are a lot of upcoming things. So to kick it off, on November 10th, of course, is the release of Reputation. And then two days later, on November 12th, is the MTV Europe Music Awards, and Taylor has six nominations for that. We don't know if she'll attend, but we will see. And then she has four performances set up in the first week or so in December. On December 1st, the Jingle Ball in LA. On December 2nd, Poptopia in San Jose. On December 7th, the Jingle Bash in Chicago. And on December 8th, the Jingle Ball in New York City. And hopefully we'll have more to add later, but it looks pretty good so far. I can't wait to see what the set lists are for Jingle Ball because typically whatever that set list is, like five songs or or whatever she's going to perform, those end up being the singles for the album, at least the the initial ones. So I'm really interested to see what she's going to perform at at least Jingle Ball LA, the first one. Right. And if she does older songs, it's a really good clue as to sometimes – how the performance of that older song will go on tour and which older songs she'll keep for tour. That's true too. I mean, she often uses those performances as practice basically for, for the tour. So, Well, moving on, we have done fashion once or twice lately, and we do have a couple items from this week as well. Yes. At the first secret session that was in Rhode Island, night one on October 18th, Taylor wore a cotton dress by the brand Amen, which is $533, and it's pretty unique looking. I have to wonder if it's going to be similar to what we might be seeing for the rest of this era. It's a black dress, long sleeve, has different rips and holes all over it, and fringe in random places. It just has a lot going on. Yeah, it really does. And one thing that seems noticeable about the few times we've seen Taylor so far is she seems to be wearing black a lot. So I feel like I need to get some black ready for tour. And she did wear black in Houston and Austin. Right. During her performances, she wore all black. Maybe she was giving us a hint and we just didn't know. And for shoes that night, she wore Gian Vito Rossi perforated stretch knit over the knee boots, which are $2,850. Oof, little pricey. <laughs> well, our other bit of fashion, the only other time that we've seen Taylor was at the London Secret Session. Uh, so, of course, that was on October 13th. Uh, Taylor ended up wearing a Ben Taverniti Unravel Project chiffon and velvet Devore shirt. <laughs> huh? How did I do? 
Pretty good, huh? <laughs> yeah. I always mispronounce literally everything. Anyway, uh, that comes to $1,355 for you thrifty shoppers. <laughs> right. And of course, uh, if you guys have not seen this outfit, I think the thing that really made it w were these snake boots that you wore. Uh, they are Gucci leather king snake knee boots uh, for $2,400. Yeah, there were news articles just about the boots, but I love them. I thought they made the outfit. I feel like those boots are an item that could make a reappearance on tour. That's a good point. I feel like there's... I mean, obviously, there's going to be a huge snake theme to the tour, but I feel like we're going to see a lot of that incorporated in her tour outfits. Yep, I agree for sure. Well, that's all for fashion for this week. As always, thanks to Tay Swift Style for tracking down all of these outfits. And we will be right back with our main discussion. So last week, Taylor released her third song off of Reputation, and the title of it is Gorgeous. It hit number one on iTunes really quickly, and the beginning of the song is really interesting. It has a baby voice that says Gorgeous, and there has been lots and lots of speculation going around about whose voice that is. So did you guys have any ideas? Well, I saw at first that somebody was speculating that it was actually Taylor herself, like from a home movie uh, that Andrea or Scott or whoever, you know, had like in a vault somewhere uh, and surfaced, which I made a lot of sense to me, uh, you know, that Taylor would put her own baby voice in one of these songs. Uh, I know I've heard some other things, though. Yeah, I heard that one, which I thought was really interesting. And then I also heard that it could have been Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's Baby Girl, which I also really liked. I hope someday we find out. Okay, so what do you guys think? Initial impressions of this song. Like, where were you? What were you thinking about? Well, I think we all probably can say we downloaded it immediately. So we probably all were just at our computers refreshing iTunes. And I liked it. I, I think it hits you right away as a great, catchy song. Everybody calls it a bop. It seems like the word bop is maybe a word of this reputation era that might be used a lot, but it definitely is a bop. And I love how catchy it is. I I love the bell. The bell really gets me. I can understand why people are posting on Tumblr and Twitter that they're planning to go to tour just dressed as the bell from Gorgeous. Although I do, I'm not quite sure what the bell is supposed to be. I can't really tell if it's a kitchen timer kind of bell or if it's just a bell, typical bell that you ring. And I don't understand the significance of the bell. I read something funny on Twitter that said the bell was included just to condition us like dogs to respond to the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it worked really well for me because... I love that bell. But yeah, it, it, it kind of reminds me of that kind of bell when you're training a pet. You know, I have to go back to something you said, Steph. You called it a bop. I feel like I'm so behind. I'm only in my 20s, but I still like have never heard bop. Like I never heard lit. I never heard like, <laughs> hold on to your wigs. And I'm finding all these things out with this album. <laughs> anyway, I think it's cool. I think it's fun. By the time you find them out, though, they're not relevant anymore. 
I know. It's like, I'm only in my 20s. Why am I so behind? I don't know. Well, I think with 1989, there was a lot of reference to being unable to find your chill. Oh, definitely that one. And I don't know, this era just seems like bop is kind of the word. I like it. So it's always interesting to look at writers and producers with these new songs that come out. And this song was co-written with Max Martin and Shellback, obviously people who we are very familiar with. Another Martin and Shellback song. I guess I'm not surprised, uh, but I also would like to see, I guess, a little more diversity. I don't know with the album, but we're only three songs in, so whatever that means. But uh, anyway, that's interesting. Yeah, I feel like I always say this, but I do think that Max Martin and Johan Schulbeck are just geniuses at making songs sound so different. If you compare Gorgeous and Ready For It, which they were both involved on, they're very different songs. And when I first heard Gorgeous, I was under the impression it was only Taylor. So hearing that Max Martin and Johan Schulbeck were also involved, I was surprised just because it does sound really different from anything they've ever done before so i haven't had the chance to give my initial impression yet and nobody hate me but this one isn't my favorite um i do like the song there's probably not a taylor song that i won't like but i would have to rank it behind look what you made me do and ready for it and i think the reason for that is because it sounds almost like it could be from 1989. And I think the thing that I liked about the first two songs were that they were very different. This one sounds a little bit more like a generic pop song, which I like pop songs and I listen to, to top 40 radio, but this one just fell a little bit short for me. I agree with you on how it sounds like it could have belonged on 1989. And that's why I would love to know when this song was written. I would not be surprised if it was more of a 2015, 2016 song. And one thing we don't know is whether we will find out when Taylor wrote the songs. One thing that I loved about 1989 was she disclosed the exact dates for a lot of the songs when they were written so for myself, when I heard the song, I was in a bathroom, actually. I locked myself in there, uh, and I was actually at work, uh, and I'm like, I need to hear the song immediately with no interruptions. So uh, that's exactly what I did, and uh, my first impression was that it was awesome. I still like the song. I still think it's awesome. Uh, I really think that this is going to be a hit if this becomes a single. Something that I saw going around on Twitter had described the whole album as more of a nighttime album, like 1989 would be like the daytime album, uh, and Reputation being like the nighttime pop album. Uh, anyway, so far, I feel like that's true. I feel like with both Ready For It and Look What You Made Me Do, it, it gives off more of like a like a nighttime, like a nightclub kind of feel. And I think the same can be said of this song, especially with the imagery in the song and, and just the overall tone of the song. So anyway, I don't know what you guys think about that. So for me, with this song and with Look What You Made Me Do, I've had some trouble adjusting to them. With Ready For It, I loved it right away. With both of the songs, the part that I find myself liking the most is the pre-chorus. Oh yeah, is that the part that goes, Whiskey on Ice, Sunset, and Vine, You've Ruined My Life by Not Being Mine? Yeah, I don't really know why, but that was just kind of 
the only part that really stuck out to me. The rest of the song felt a little bit repetitive. I agree. I think between those two lines and then the next pre-chorus, which is ocean blue eyes looking in mine, I feel like I might sink and drown and die. I think those are the best lyrics of the entire song. I love the imagery. I love just the the feeling. I love like the, I don't know, it's like, it's almost like playful in a sense. I mean, you know, nobody's going to sink and drown and die because of somebody, but uh, I just think it's really interesting. And I think that strikes a chord with a lot of people, no pun intended. But what about the line about the cats? <laughs> you make a very good point. She's going home alone to Meredith and Olivia? I legitimately laughed when I heard that lyric. Like, I laughed out loud. Well, yeah, Taylor finally incorporated her cats into a song. But I do agree with you, Nate, about how it does seem apparent this album is more of a nighttime album. Even if you just look at the lyrics of this song, Taylor's singing about being out and drinking and stumbling home alone to her cats. <laughs> She's not a kid anymore. She's almost 28 years old. Right. I feel like it paints a more realistic picture, or at least one that's relatable. True. I feel like she could get some unfair criticism for that, because she does for everything. Yeah. But like you've said, it's just accurate, so you can't really fault her for that. We said on our other episodes that once the album is out, we will be doing an in-depth analysis of each song on Reputation. We just, for right now, wanted to give you our initial impressions of the song. But for us, we think it will be better to hear the whole album as a package, and then we want to go through with each song. So you hopefully can all look forward to that. And I think to wrap it up, I'll point out something that I saw on social media. And of course, it's Taylor being extra, which she does very often. But she says the word gorgeous in this song 13 times. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I did not know that. And Adam used another great word, extra. Extra is another word of this era. It really is. <laughs> I was going to say that. Taylor has written on people's Instagram live videos that she is being extra. I incorporated that word on the uh, secret session interview that I did. So I felt very proud of myself for using extra. <laughs> well, that's good to know. 13 times for gorgeous on this song. With how many times that we've seen 13 again this era, like like it resurfaced basically, I think from this point out, I'm just going to count everything that she does just to see what all is 13. Yeah, you'll probably find more instances. Well, we wanted to thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please press subscribe on iTunes and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. Also, be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating to help other fans like yourself find our show. We love having fan interactions and you can reach us on Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at SwiftCast13. If you ever want to email us, you can email swiftcast13show at gmail.com. And all of this information is also available on our website, swiftcast13.com. And if you guys like this episode or what we had to say, uh, or if you guys like Gorgeous or you want to talk about the secret sessions or, or whatever, anything that we talked about on this episode, please find us on social media. We've had a lot of great response lately. So please join in the discussion. We're always eager to include fans in our episodes. So it'd be awesome if you reached out to us. 
we are getting closer and closer to reputation. It is just about two weeks away, a little more. So we're almost all there together. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like we've been waiting forever and ever, but it's already almost here. Crazy. Well, thanks again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode, which will be very soon. For now, for episode 229, this has been Adam. Ashley. Nate. And Steph. See you next time. Thank you. Later. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.